What's good, Denver? Everybody, how are you doing? What's good? Denver is a weekly celebration of culture and discovery and fun stuff to do in Denver for kids, couples, singles, and old timers. I'm Ryan Estes with Olivia Lorienti, Tom Donahue, and the Patrick Mahomes complaining about the refs of podcasting Troy Higgins. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love to see it. I, I love to see the Chiefs' tears, but also I love when they, he's making a good point. Nonetheless, we're deep into uh, NFL football season, and it feels like mid-December, doesn't it, you guys? It does. It does. It's it's overcast in Denver, which means the children of Denver are sleepy, which I've come to appreciate. Today's uh, today's feature is books and podcast recos, so I'm excited to get into that. To follow the show, go to kitcaster.com forward slash Denver and subscribe to YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Today's sponsor is Samana Float Center. You can find them online at samanafloat.com. They're also conveniently located in Rhino neighborhood of Denver at 26 in Larimer. I mean, what can I say that hasn't been said already? Floating. What a great experience. Honestly, everybody needs a little bit of time for themselves. And what better way to do it than floating in you know, neutrally warm water where you can just relax with your thoughts. Samana is absolutely great for recovery if you're into sports. If you're, if, I mean, we're all getting our legs under us trying to hit the hill this year. So, you know, after your first day on the mountain, come down, get a big float from Samana Float Center and tell them that the podcast sent you. We love Samana so much. Samanafloat.com. Our music, as always, is brought to you by Troy Higgins. Now, let's let's jump right into it, Troy. I, this is the saga of trying to find a house in in uh, L.A. I want to know if you've had any progress and and how it's going and it, getting from San Diego to L.A. Yeah, so we're actually leaving on a Christmas vacation back to my girlfriend's home in Maui for two weeks. So it's going to be on pause at least until after Christmas. Um, but I assure you, it will happen. And when it does, I will update everyone accordingly and share all relevant details. Why not move to Maui is the question. I, yeah, I, I, uh, I wish that her office was located in Maui. That would be awesome. And uh, I would not complain. But yeah, oh. for now, LA is the, uh, it's the move. It's probably not at the top of the list of most desirable places I would want to live. But it's not at the bottom, so um, gonna gonna give it a go. And you know, if it's uh, doesn't work out, we can always take it right back to Maui. Yeah, it's a it's a harrowing journey. Every once in a while, I'll be I'll be laying down to sleep, and I think about Troy trying to figure out how to get, get a place in, in LA, LA, man. Yeah, oh yeah. man, yeah. It's a it's fun. It's fun for sure. Nice. Maui's gonna be. Gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's kind of our, it's been our tradition for the last two years to, or has it been three years now? Um, we've been doing the holidays in Maui just because it's awesome. And the weather over there is like insane during December. Yeah. So next year, I'm going to have to make it a point that I need to spend it with my side of the family uh, over in Florida. So that's going to be the thing <laughs> next year. Eh, spend 4th of July with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that could, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Do you surf, Troy? 
I do. Yeah. Uh, not, I used to quite a bit, not too much anymore. Um, just because it's, I mean, to, you have to be good at surfing. You have to do it all the time. And yeah, um, I'm not like someone who likes to kind of casually do stuff. I like to like really do it. So back in the day, I used to surf all the time, but I haven't surfed consistently, consistently since high, since high school. Nice. Yeah. I, yeah when I was in uh, Oahu this summer, it looks like this is the time when you get the, the, the big waves, right? Winter. And also when you get the big sharks, mm -hmm. all the signs were like, don't swim in here in, in December, January. Yeah. Damn. Last year when, when I was in Maui, the waves were like 25 foot plus. And, uh, Jeez. My girlfriend's my girlfriend's <laughs> brother, he's like a Maui local. He's a big water sportsman. And he was like, we were going to the beach. And he was like, dude, you want me to throw an extra board in the car for you? And I was like, oh, no, no, I'm good. I'll, I'm, I'll be all right. And he's like, <laughs> dude, you got to have one. And I was like, oh, sure. Like, you can bring it, but I'm probably not going to surf. And then when we get there, he's like, oh, my friend, uh, he brought out the, he has the jet ski. You want to get towed into some bombs? And I was like, oh, I think that's, no, I'm okay. That's not really. No, I think I'm going to. Yeah, not really my yeah. skill level. And he's like, I have an extra life vest for you. And I was like, dude, anything where I need a life vest, I'm not going surfing. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude, no way. And you have to be towed into the wave. That's so crazy. Yeah. I'd be like, I, I brought sandwiches. I'll, I'll wa wait for you on the beach. Yeah, they're, they're crazy. They're like out on the jet skis, like with their phone on the jet ski, taking Snapchats as they're like towing them into these giant waves. They're, they're out of control over there. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, think of us while you're in Maui. I will. I will. Uh, nice. I will jump into events. Um, first thing I'm going to feature is actually what's happening tonight at 7.30 p.m. It's the ukulele Christmas extravaganza. I suppose we're staying on the Hawaii theme. Um, it's at the Lo Lakewood Cultural Center, and it, uh, apparently they've been doing it for decades, and there are dozens and dozens of ukuleles, which sounds like a blast, particularly for kids. And what I, wh why this stuck out to me is I feel like ukulele is really the gentleman's guitar, you know, we've all got the buddy who wants to pull the guitar out at the party and you're like, bro, bro, not yet. Not yet, man. We're, we're still having a good conversation, but they pull out a ukulele. That means they just want to, they want people to sing along. They're not trying to dazzle you with their bar chords, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, you learned that you learned a new song. Okay. That's great. But if you've got a ukulele, you're like, oh man, it's just all good fun. It's not overwhelming. It's the opposite of the banjo. Yeah. That's way too much. You can't even think when a banjo is happening. No. Somebody brings a banjo out. You just take it out of their hands. You hit them over the head with it. You're like, come on, man. We're not ready for that banjo. Mm -hmm. But you are ready for a ukulele Christmas, which is Tuesday night, December 12th. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got a couple more things. I wanted to give a shout out to uh, my old pal, Ginger Perry. Um, she's wonderful. She was DJing brunch at Forest Room 5 for many years. Um, and she is super fun and a killer DJ. She'll be playing on Friday at 6 p.m. at number 38, which is 35th and Chestnut Place. Go check that out. She always brings the party. And then finally, I'm giving a shout out to Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats for their 19th annual holiday show, which is Friday at Ball Arena with Mount Joy and Jamie Wyatt. So, I mean, I love Nathaniel Rateliff and have forever, but this is a big step, man. They're doing arenas. Show. Wow. That's that's absolutely incredible. That will be super fun. I have not seen one of their um, holiday shows, but I know they're absolutely legendary. 
And maybe this is hinting at a new record, perhaps. Hmm. I'd be stoked. I'd be stoked that that uh, what was it? Their first or their second? I remember it came out probably March 2020, but it was like the soundtrack. I think it was their second record, and it it was like the soundtrack of quarantine for me. I just played that thing over and over, and it had the fitting mood because I think most of it was kind of a love song to a buddy of his that had passed, and it was just like the ultimate vibes music for viral infection. <laughs> <laughs> So shout to that, Denver. Friday, Nathaniel Rateliff at Ball Arena. I think there's still tickets if you want to grab them. Um, Olivia, I'll put it over to you. Cool. Um, we are looking at some dance this week as well as some funk and soul. And then I'm going to talk about something that's not an event that I got really excited about. So the first thing is Cumbia Night at Lion's Lair. And pardon me, all people of Latin America who care about Latin American dance, but in my mind, I think of cumbia as salsa with too much cowbell and moving too slowly. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to learn how to love it, and I'm, try, I'm trying to educate myself. But also I think of it that way because you can still – in my mind, everything is like salsa is the first Latin American dance that I learned. So – Everything from that is an extension of like, it's salsa plus this. So it's slow salsa to me. Nice. Um, but it sounds like a cool night. Kumi night in Lion's Lair. It's going to go 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. on East Colfax. Next one we've got is Color Red Presents Funk and Soul Night, uh, Vinyl Night at Revival Denver Public House. Have any of y'all been to this before? No. There is no information about it online, but I feel like you can't really go wrong with Funk and Soul. Um, regardless of the vibe, like that's going to be nice listening. So check Agreed. it out Thursday at 6 PM. And it looks like that's a recurring event. And then the last thing that I want to talk about is Chaffa classes, which is so not a nightlife thing, but, um, this weekend I went to a first time homebuyer class, which is offered by the city. And I thought it was really cool that like there's, I mean, we're in a housing crisis, right? It's really hard for young people to buy homes. And so I thought it was so, so cool that, you know, our municipalities, plural, ha offer all of these classes to help young people learn about like they brought in uh, a lender, they brought in a broker, uh, they brought in an inspector, which I, let me tell you, it was so boring, but I was really, <laughs> really grateful for it afterward. I know so many boring things about home ownership now. Um, so yeah, check it out. Chaffa, first time home buyer education courses. Also, once you take that class and you get a certification, you become a candidate for all kinds of really cool grants for young people um, trying to buy their first home. Dang. Yeah. I love that, Olivia. That's awesome. Yeah, and if knowing you uh, the, as much as I do, I'm sure you took copious amounts of notes. Oh my God. It's so embarrassing how many <laughs> notes I took. I brought my laptop. I was the only person in the room with a laptop like... Nice. Yeah, you know, there's actually a lot of disparaging things around real estate and finding a place. I mean, maybe we contribute to that with the 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 story of Troy Higgins moves to L.A. This but, is not L.A. though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this is not L.A. I mean, there actually are a lot of opportunities and a lot of services that can help you at at pretty good interest rates right now. Mm -hmm. You know, particularly, I mean, you got good credit, you got a job, you qualify for something for sure. Well, know? and even if you don't, like Chaffa helps out a lot of folks um, with different programs where you don't necessarily have to have good credit. You don't necessarily have to be able to put down a down payment. And I that makes me nervous personally, but I think that's really important for a lot of people. Yeah. So it was it was just cool to know that's there. I love seeing ways that our city can 
like actually holistically support people. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it is a little, it's, it's a different housing market, obviously. I mean, when I bought my first home, <laughs> this was before 2008. So it was like, it was no credit checks and just stated income. So you could be like, I make a million dollars. They're like, cool, here's a home loan. Get in here. <laughs> they were a little, uh, they didn't understand why people were foreclosing on their homes. But I thought it was actually, the, the silver lining to that is like, they're just being very optimistic. They're like, they say they can afford it. They can afford it. Sure. <laughs> and some people couldn't. But hey, they gave it a shot. They you know? tried it. <laughs> There's no. just so many like loopholes and like certain parameters that could have you save like insane amounts of money when buying a house, like think that you should do. And nobody knows about any of them. Mm -hmm. I barely know. I'll hear about one on like a real estate video and then forget about it in like a week. <laughs> There's no place to learn about that. Like you just have to trust that the people you're working with are taking care of you. Yeah. yeah. You know. Also, one thing that blew my mind, last boring fact I'm gonna drop. I'm sure you knew this already, Ryan, but I'm curious to see if you knew, um, Tom, we have huge radon problems in Colorado. Did you know we have the second highest radon in the 50 states? I did not. And it has to do with the mountains and the way that they surround us. And so you should really get your radon checked every two years. What does ra radon do to you? It's, um, you know, I don't know. I just know that it, it's like happens because of all the uranium in the ground. Naturally Whoa. occurring and radioactive gas that can cause lung cancer. There you go. Mm, great. Um, but it basically builds up in your house unless newer houses are built with ventilation for it. But if you're not testing your house for it and you haven't had your house ventilated for it, you might want to do that. Because we have a lot of radon in Colorado. This kid, the I think I saw met as like sister or something over the weekend or whatever, but his her brother has like this uh, radon checking company and makes a bunch of money from it. Nice. That's cool. Just does radon checks. Nice. People's houses. It's probably a great business here. Yeah, let me guess. It it you definitely have radon if the radon guys come to check. <laughs> they said it, in Colorado, it's uh, more than fifty percent of homes have an unsafe level. Dang, really? Yeah, that's it's for yeah, it's a real thing. Radon. How would you get rid of the radon? Like what? they come to your house and they like set up a tube outside of your house because it it kind of is. Uh, concentrated most in the bottom of your house. Also, it's worse in the winter because when the ground is cold, it goes up through your house. But they set up like this metal tube and a fan and just like ventilate it out of your house. Sounds like a snorkel. It's a radon snorkel. That's actually the technical term. <laughs> it's a radon snorkel. <laughs> wow. You have to be snorkeled when you're in a house. You just, you breathe out top of the roof. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Some on a float center vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got radon problems? Go float them away. Yeah. Uh, nice. Well, man, now, I, now I'm I'm concerned about radon. I did just have to uh, get new smoke detectors and CO2 detectors. So now maybe another box. Just adding problems. Yeah, they have radon detectors that you could just buy. Radon. But it, what, if there's radon, does that mean you have uranium? I mean, we all have uranium here in the great state of Colorado. Yeah. There's so much uranium in the ground here. Is it really? Yeah. But, okay, how does that work? So if I found, if I owned property and I found uranium, do I get that uranium? Or is that like, does somebody else own the mineral rights to the property? I am so not the right person mm. for this question. I feel like uranium is more of like a serious one that they would come and take from you. Yeah. Side note, nobody listen to anything that we say ever. <laughs> <laughs> we are not scientists. No, we don't know about radon. Slightly off topic, no. but... 
another thing, just out of the million things that can give you cancer, I recently learned that air fryers can give you cancer. And I, I like love my air fryer and use it all the time. Have you guys heard anything about that? Dang. Is it something that it's made with? Like, what's the deal with that? Something to do with the metal uh, tray that's inside that you put the food in. It, it can heat up and emit some cancerous chemical. I recently heard, I don't know if that depends on the brand or just all air fryers in general, but I use it like every day. So now I'm just depressed. Dang. Yeah. Air fryer cancer. Yeah. There's probably a study that says air fryer uh, beats cancer too. Yeah. Honestly, this table <laughs> probably gives me cancer. I've made peace with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Troy, let's just invent the snorkel for the air fryer. Yeah, need yeah. one of those. You put that in there. You just vent it out the house. Just yeah, Snorkel it out. Just put a two, tube in it. French fries. Yeah. Make sure your air fryer has a snorkel. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them what you got uh, for events this week. All right. I got couple things first one is troy boy at mission ballroom because gotta get a little bit of base in the event list saturday on the 16th troy boy with evan gia and a couple other openers so that'd be a cool one um this other one that i found is the spookadelia (laughs) doubts doubts echo uh is the name of the show that they're doing and this is a um seasonal like art Immersive art exhibition. Isn't that at Spectra? Uh, I feel like I've seen that. I think it's tiny art, big ideas. I don't know. Um, But I'll just read a little bit about it. It's an all-ages, narrative-driven, psychedelic, immersive art, theatrical, and highly interactive experience. Oh, yeah, presented by Spectra Art Space. So, yes, it's there. Um, Performance artists curated by... Darshan Dance Company, several artists now featured in Denver Meow Wolf. Um, it was rated number one in arts and entertainment. Um, oh, wait, sorry, sorry. Awarded Denver's Best Seasonal Immersive by Westward Magazine. And a couple other awards. So apparently it's a good one. Um, but yeah, that happens every year. And they have a different show every time. Um, that sounds cool. So check that out. It's on South Broadway somewhere. But I think it's like pretty far south, like Lakewood South. What's the subtext there? It says highly interactive. Merely interactive is not enough. What do you think highly interactive means? They shout at you. I think a They're, lot of stuff is happening around. <laughs> There's like answers and people They're in mean. there and stuff. That's, That's funny cool. though. There's a mission. <laughs> Guests who accomplish the mission will receive special treats at the end of their journey. Uh, Darshan Dance Company. There's lots to like read about it. I guess it's highly special treats. Know. Highly. There's a lot of adjectives here. I feel like there's a wink here. I don't know what the code words are. Everything is very, very and highly. It's like, what are we doing? Are there there gummies being handed out before this thing? Do I need to know what's up? (laughs) I don't know. It's a psychedelic immersive art experience. Yeah, I don't think you're totally off base, Ryan. Yeah, it could be. But it's also all ages. So. Yeah. I saw a place on the other night. I was just walking down Broadway and I literally just saw a place that said mushroom chocolate sold here. And I was like, man, our city's in a weird place. <laughs> That's just a, yeah. a storefront. And oh. I was like, I don't know where this falls in terms of legality, they but it was like everywhere now. I know. They're just like right out in the open at the holiday market yeah. I went to. It was mm-hmm. just like, it was the Denver Spore guys. It was just there with like a giant penis envy mushroom bag. I'm like, God, yeah. yeah. 2023 is 
watch. Just yeah, I just room. don't. I'm not mad at it. I just am genuinely curious. I'm like, did we just have like a pact that we're not arresting people for selling chocolates? Or like, is this cool? I don't know. It, is it, it is illegal in Colorado or Denver, right? It's decriminalized. It's decriminalized, yeah. but selling yeah. it. can't be like a dealer. That's what I meant, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but if you set up it. at a holiday market and they're shaped like Christmas trees. <laughs> yeah, then it's <laughs> It's wild. It's wild. I mean, we're talking about like pounds of mushrooms just like everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like everywhere like that now though. Like New York City, you could buy whatever you want in like a corner store in Las Vegas when we were there. Uh, my friend just asked the guy for mushroom chocolates and he was like, oh yeah, I just have them in a box under the yeah under the desk. <laughs> it's like everyone's selling drugs these days, I guess. Strange days. Nice. Mm-hmm. And it and seems to be without any dire consequences. People just enjoying mushrooms doing their thing. They're just giving people no more problems. hugs than usual. <laughs> yeah. <I guess> so. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also it's good that it emerged with the uh, uh, with the uh, uh, preeminence of microdosing too. So people are being very judicious with the do- the dosages. I hope. Mm. You know, but yeah, I do get a little worried about the chocolates and gummies because that's when you have you know kids wandering into the spirit dimension. Yeah. Seriously. Non consensually. <laughs> that's not cool. But they this Darshan no Dance Company looks pretty dope. Yeah, it looks like wild. carnival Very dancers kind of meow wolfy type thing, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, but it's supposed to be a really good one and on a smaller scale than that. And then the last thing I have is a $25 all you can drink silent disco. <laughs> is that at your house? Bro. <laughs> yeah, it's at my house. Wait, really? No. No, oh. it's at the Mile High Spirits. But it is, yeah, it's $25. All you can drink silent disco. Um, Friday and Saturday night, 10 p.m. to midnight this weekend at Mile High Spirits. So go over there and pay 25 bucks for all the drinks you can get and then stand around in silence while you all listen in headphones to some music. Oh, Sound discos can be fun. I think you it needs to be all you can drink, though, because you have to be like pretty uh, – you got to be on one to have fun at the sound disco. Dude, and I've been stinko at Mile High Spirits many a time. It's almost <laughs> impossible to leave there without being, you know, completely blackout. Really? Yeah. yeah. I've never been there. Or yeah, maybe I, was, I just don't remember. It's a party place. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I don't think, I think they only have spirits. That's one thing. They also have this whiskey that like has some like, I don't know, a pepper or a flower in it. And it makes your whole mouth numb. You know what I'm talking about, Tom? Yeah, they do that at uh, a couple other places too. What's the one place? I forget, but it's a certain type of flower. It's like a flower bud that you eat. Yeah. And it like, it's like icy hot for your like mouth. And like, can I just get the flowers? <laughs> well, the shot like activates it. So you like eat the uh, flower and it like, you coat like your mouth with it. And then you take the shot and then it's just like, it's like you chewed like, um, like 50 pieces of like spearmint gum and then like chug the cold water or something. Okay. Yeah. I didn't find it a pleasant experience, but also it's like something that once you do it, you have to make somebody else do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the kind of the thing. <laughs> I actually have kind of grown to like it because we used to go to the one place that does it down on Blake street um, all the time. I can't remember the name right now, but yeah, some people really don't like it. And they're like, what is this? It's like it only lasts like, <laughs> Five ten minutes, don't worry. Yeah, it's it's 
it's a weird feeling. I, I mean, Mile High Spirits is the place. They 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 drew a national prominence because um, there was a guy who was on the dance floor twerking, um, but balancing on his hands like quite an athlete. And a pistol fell out of his waistband and shot a guy in the leg. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And it turns out he was an FBI agent. Yeah. <laughs> the person who got shot? The person with a gun that was dancing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So it was like it was like a story, and then the follow-up was like, oh, wait, this guy's an FBI agent. And then they just scurried him away. They're like, uh, internal investigation, he's been transferred. It's like, wow, that yeah. guy likes to party. He must have been deep undercover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was like doing some crazy dance moves and his gun fell out. Right? <laughs> yeah. I hate when that happens. And then it went off. I mean, it shot a guy. Yeah, it shot somebody. It shot a guy. In like a dance circle. I feel like I've heard that story before with a different person. Oh. Just, that seems like a common thing that happens for some reason. It was a big story when that one happened. It was. It truly was. Yeah, that was that was a good one. I'm going to have to pull up that video and laugh at it today. The refinery does bu- bu- buzz bombs. That's the place on Blake Street. Nice. Get those flower shots. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, y'all. Let's, let's go to uh, our feature. I'm digging the energy today. This is a very... December energy in the podcast today. The like overcast <laughs> vibes, the chillness. You know? It's very chill. We've got the lights on in the studio it's for the first time. I know. I don't like that. I gotta, I'm st- still got to build this out. I'm still thinking about it. All right. Let's let's go to the feature. We're, we're talking about book recommendations and podcast recommendations and why. Troy, let's start with you, buddy. Yeah. Um, so being a uh, you know music producer, engineer, naturally, I had to go with some of my favorite uh, podcast recommendations. Uh, the first one is one I've been listening to for a few, few years now. They're called Mixing Music with D, Key, and Lou. And um, this one is more kind of really, it kind of really digs into the whole technical side of things, just really in-depth, nitty-gritty audio engineering stuff, mixing engineering stuff along with some really cool kind of just life advice, professional advice, and how to interact in these kind of professional music environments. So if anyone's interested in learning about that, that this is a great um, educational pod- podcast. They have great guests too. And uh, the second podcast I wanted to recommend, this is actually my favorite podcast I've ever listened to. Um, it does not publish anymore. I don't think it's published since 2019. So it's been about four years. But it's hosted by um, a Grammy award-winning mixing engineer uh, named Alex Tume, and uh, along with a few other uh, Grammy-nominated mixing engineers, or sorry, Grammy award-winning, not nominated. And uh, this podcast is like I can't recommend it enough. If you're looking to get into the music industry or looking to find um, a job in the music industry, it it's just kind of general conversation about everything in a professional music environment from, you know, getting out of music school, finding a music job, um, how to work with an artist, like etiquette in a studio, and then also um, technical stuff as well. So if you're interested in any sort of music business, audio engineering type content, these two are two of my go-tos. And um, I haven't fully read a book, I think, since middle school. It's one of my uh, I've shared this before, but not super proud of it. But I'm not a big book guy, so I didn't include a book recommendation today. It's very honest of you. Um, yeah, I appreciate like a, the confession. Yeah, 
Yeah, more of an article guy. Yeah. And the the second one, Troy, it's that's this sounds better, right? Correct. Yeah. Did I skip over yeah. the title? <laughs> no, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's called This Sounds Better with Alex Tumay. That's cool. I'm definitely yeah. gonna check both of those out. I'm yeah, me too. I hadn't heard either of those, Troy. Yeah, yeah. This sounds better. It's awesome. And it's it's like I think twelve episodes total, but it's like it's priceless advice for sure. Sick. That's awesome. I'll uh I'll go next because I also haven't read a book in like over 10 years. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm only gonna do podcasts as well. Um I have oh what happened to my there we go. So this first one, I just found it kind of randomly, but it's called the Reply All podcast. Um I'm also I'm not sure if they're still posting. I think they might have changed the host or something, but there's like hundreds of episodes. So like you can just go get lost. It's on Spotify, I think, uh, maybe exclusively on Spotify. Um, but they just t- tell these like stories about tech, um, like anything that has to do with the tech world. And it's like they, the guys who are um, the hosts are like investigators and like they will like break down these like complex like tech scenarios that have happened. Like just as an example, like, one of the episodes that I thought was really good. Um, This girl like gets her, has her Snapchat um, hacked and like the username taken from her. And like, they're they're just like, we're gonna find out who did it. Like we're gonna get, we're gonna find the person who took her Snapchat. Cause like her Snapchat has like a a rare name. Like it's like a one word name or something. It, It was like, at lizard on snapchat or something like that and then um they like are sending her text messages like don't try to get the account back like if you try to get it back like you're fucked and all this stuff and and she's like why did why are people doing this to me and then the guys who are the hosts of the show like their whole thing is like we're gonna find out why and like who it is and all stuff and then ultimately they like literally get the person on a phone call they're like why did you steal her snapchat he's like it's like a 14 year old kid he's like oh i've just i this is what i do like i steal them and i sell them it's like i sold i sold it for like um like a like 200 bucks in bitcoin or whatever to some guy yeah and then uh he's like he's like i didn't send those text messages like i wouldn't do anything like that i'm really sorry that that happened like it must have been the person that bought it for me all stuff and then he like sent her the bitcoin and stuff wow <laughs> yeah but like that that the whole thing about that show is like they go into these like um internet era like issues that happen they go into like there's an episode about like QAnon and like who is that and who could it be and why is, does it exist and all that stuff it's, i don't know they they go really deep and they're super smart and uh, it's really good cool um and then I clicked, picked this one, Quiet Part Loud. Like, it was good. Um, I, It's not really my type of thing, but I think people who enjoy something like this would like this one. But it's by um, Jordan Peele. And it's, oh, like cool. a, it's like a fiction, like, story. It's like, a, it's like a sci-fi, like, drama podcast. Oh, cool. So it's like a story. It's, it's like a whole fictional story. It's not like a discussion or anything um but you're basically just like listening in and hearing this story about like uh 
I don't know, it has something to do with like these kids who were like uh, Middle Eastern and then after 9-11 they like disappeared and like the the whole country thinks that they're like terrorists and stuff, but some crazy sci-fi stuff ends up having happened to them. That's cool. Is it like a is it like a narrator? Like it's like a third party narrator just narrating what's happening, like a book on tape or something? Yeah, th- I think there's parts that are like a narrator and then but really there's like characters and like you're like just actors. hearing their dialogue. Yeah, the voice actors and like insane cool. sound effects and like production. Like it's cool. It's wild. Um and it's it's creepy. Like we listened to the whole thing on like a drive home from Arizona. I think there's like ten episodes or something. They're each like 45 minutes or 30 minutes. And uh yeah, it's it is like scary and it's like creepy and the noises like give you weird feelings and stuff because there's like insane sound design and production in it. Um cool. yeah, it's like a it's a story. So if what? you've never listened to a podcast like that, you should try this one. I would love to. That's like old timey radio. Isn't it a isn't it a defining characteristic of like the the mystery genre that there's like a the narrator's total third party, just like some omnipotent reporter. It's never like somebody in the story that's like giving accounts. Mm-hmm. Like it's always like, it was a dark and stormy night, pitch black. Like there's like a, always some removed, I don't know. I thought that was like a characteristic of like mystery. I feel like of like radio hours, like the old, like the radio show format you're talking about for sure. Like I have some old, uh, Twilight Zone radio hours. They're cool. like Stacy Keach reads them. <laughs> That's the vibe what you just described. I'm not sure if there's ever actually a narrator in it. It might just be all character dialogue. But uh there's like a main character who is this guy that is like, oh God, what's the guy who's like um he's like a really conservative like radio and like podcast personality, but he says like crazy stuff. He's like Dude, that's the guy who's a like, lot of guys talking about like he talks <laughs> All of about, like, turning the frogs gay and stuff. Alex Jones? Yeah. Ooh. I think it's based oh, yeah. off Alex of that. Jones. Uh, but it's like a very similar type of like almost like radical, but just like crazy type of like radio personality who's talking about this stuff. Um and he's like the subject of it. And, and the whole thing is about like teaching him a lesson about the things that he says and like the power he has with his voice and stuff. That's know, cool. It's, it's check it out. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Both those sound super cool. I'm def- I just added um Yeah, I didn't know Jordan Peele had a fiction podcast, so that's that's super cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. That's one that you you watch, you listen all the way through, but the reply all one, look into like a title or like a story that just sounds interesting to you. Or just like look up some of their best episodes because there's like a couple hundred, I think. Nice. But uh, those are really cool. One one other quick example of uh, Reply All. Um, it was like all about like these like <laughs> like sex hotlines that were really popular back in the day, I guess. And like who controls like these like 1-800 numbers on earth. And like, it's actually just this huge corporation that like controls all like 1-800, like 1-900, like these, this like phone number business, like massive industry. But um, they have these like, they have these like call in like spicy talk hotlines and stuff or like call in and like get connected to another caller and just like be able to chat and stuff like how those things are like 
still around and like no actually, way. actually really big in like uh, retirement communities and stuff like elderly people who just want people to chat with and stuff so like, <laughs> yeah it goes deep into that that one was also really good whoa yeah interesting yeah that was definitely a thing when i was a kid it was always like don't call those numbers yeah but that 1-800 ones you found out early were like free so you call them and it would be busy and you see so call and call and call and call and then get through it at some points now Call this other number. Yeah. And be connected to other people live. Yeah. <laughs> you get in there, you're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> hey. Man. Before the internet, we were bored. Have your credit minds. card ready. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now you have the internet. You can just talk to whatever you want. Uh, yeah. Oh. Word. Cool. And I have Sound no great. books. So. No books. Olivia or Ryan, you guys probably got some books, right? You want me to jump on it, Ryan? Go for it. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'll start with my book. So I'm going to recommend the book that I recommend everybody who will listen to me. Um, I've probably, I think I've already recommended this to Ryan and other folks that I work with. But um, Walk Through Walls is Marina Abramovic's autobiography. It came out in 2016. And she is a performance artist. Um, she's so much more than that. But that's kind of what she gained notoriety for um, from former Yugoslavia. And she, I feel like performance art really gets a bad name. A lot of it can be pretty painful. Bad performance art is really bad. But um, she is known for uh, probably her most famous piece was called The Artist is Present at MoMA. And she just sat for eight hours a day at MoMA and people would come and sit across from her and have the, like, she would just sit and stare into their eyes and they would have these really emotional experiences. But um she did the one we talked about where she was in a room with like 30 objects and basically laws didn't yeah, apply I just there. I read about this all last night. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, she's my favorite artist. You should definitely, uh, well, you don't really read books and that's perfect in this case because the autobiography is even better because she reads it herself. Mm. Um, so hearing in her words, the story of like her art journey. And I mean, she did this piece with her partner at the time where they, over a period of months, walked from opposite ends of the Great Wall of China to meet in the middle and by the time they, it took them forever for the Chinese government to let them do it. It was like years and years of writing letters. And then um, it took so long for them to do it, like months and months. By the time they got to the middle, her partner's interpreter was pregnant with his baby and they separated. They met in the middle and their relationship was over after months <laughs> of walking this wall. But um, she's an incredible woman. She, I mean, now she teaches classes and like people like Lady Gaga have taken um, classes to learn her performance art wow. method. Um, and yeah, she's also really big into multi multiculturalism. So she like her and her partner um, went and spent some time in Australia with Aboriginal communities in a way that people really haven't done a lot of. So yeah, check it out. It's a lot of things. It's definitely worth the listen. I think I've listened to the audiobook a handful of times with podcasts. I have two faves. Uh, the first one is Song Exploder. It's a lot less technical than the podcast that these guys are talking about. It's probably like I'm not a producer or an engineer, so it's maybe more my speed, but every episode dives into a song with the artist who wrote it and kind of takes it piece by piece and tells the story of like where that sample came from or like the feeling they were trying to invoke or like maybe if there's, you know, a part of the lyrics that the band really disagreed about or whatever. Um, 
It's really cool. And I remember there was an episode, because I've been listening to this for years, there's an episode about an Odessa song that came out like five years ago. And they talk about like, oh, that sample was a children's Christmas record that we found at Goodwill and like distorted it. So it's it's really cool, Deep Cuts. And then the other one is Modern Art Notes, um, which a lot of times I'm really interested in learning about kind of what's like new things that are going on in the art world. But it's, I think the inertia can sometimes be like going out and finding those new things. So I'm a really big fan of this show because um, it's about an hour long and they feature different artists, historians, authors, curators, conservators, um, and sometimes even tape in front of a live audience at like different museums. Like they've done something at the Paul Getty in the Baltimore. Um, but they just dive deep into whatever that person is working on and like, it's a really cool way to learn about different art scenes and different perspectives that are going on in the U.S. Yeah, that looks really cool. And they got, it's manpodcast.com. It is manpodcast. <laughs> man, modern art notes becomes manpodcast. Man man the manpodcast. And Song Exploder is a favorite of mine too. Yeah. And largely because the host, I can't tell how many names he has because he's like, it's a Song Exploder with... Risha Keshaway. <laughs> you know he definitely I mean? has an NPR name <laughs> yeah. where you're like, you're an establishment, sir. <laughs> yeah, I think it is Risha Keshaway. I think is his name, but I don't know which, Risha where his first Keshaway. name. I think it's Risha Kesh might be his first name. Yeah. And Irway. Yeah. Or something. But it's a very NPR, NPR name. Risha mm-hmm. Kesh. <laughs> something like that. I'm like, wow. The song Exploder is awesome. You could, pr- if you have an artist, that you like and you want to hear how their song was made, you can probably find it on there. For sure. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. Like I feel like intimate conversation. I can't think of another format. Like I've heard artist interviews before, but I can't think of another format where I've heard artists dig into like the choices that they made in a song that way. Um, So it's, yeah, it's cool. And they solo the tracks too, which is great. So they're like, Oh, let's listen to the guitar solo. It's so cool. Nice. Mm -hmm. I love it. Nice. I'm glad we all did music. I, I have a music podcast too. And my recommendation, which is Tetragrammaton, um, which is what? what's that? That's a title. I know. Do you know what the Tetragrammaton is? No. Do you, Troy? No, I'm looking it up right now. It is the true name of God in Hebrew. Whoa. Okay. So it comes down, I think there's like four or five different Tetragrammaton. One, the one that we're accustomed to is Yahweh. Um, so heavy title. Yeah. And this is by, uh, Rick Rubin, who, if you don't know, is a legendary producer. Um, everybody from, I mean, just, you could basically say everybody. Uh, he, he started Def Jam records back in the eighties with like Beastie Boys and LL Cool J and Public Enemy and put out all those early hip hop records and then went to like Slayer and produced, uh, uh, I mean, Absolutely. Red All Hot Chili Peppers. 90s and- stuff. <laughs> Go ahead, Troy. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I do know that podcast. I forgot the name because the name is kind of abstract. But I, yeah, I've just listened to an episode of it the yeah. other day. It is extraordinary. I am a disciple of Rick Rubin. He is He, he wrote a book recently um, called, I th- what was it called? I, I have it right here. The Creative Act. That was everything I wanted it to be because Rick Rubin was largely shrouded in mystery. One, he's got lots of hair. 
Two, he's a giant man. And he's always in the back. And everybody, he's always around. His credits are absolutely insane. Like the best music that's ever been produced outside of the 70s and 60s is pretty much got Rick Rubin's stamp of approval. On top of that, he's not a he's not an engineer. He doesn't like turn knobs. Um, he's not a, a musician. He's not a performer. He's a guy that just gets the best performances out of artists by talking to them and giving them notes and listening intently. So I've always been just obsessed with this guy, but there hadn't been a lot of information. Um, he had like a, a near death experience. His house burned down a few years ago. And since then he's been on a tear doing podcasts. He wrote this book about the creative act, which is all about like, uh, how to nurture inspiration. And it's kind of a how to book in his way of like bringing out your best creative performance, freaking phenomenal book. And then he started his own podcast, the Tetra Tetragrammaton, which has just, I mean, I listened to one with Stephen Pressfield, an episode that was amazing. He did one with Tom Hanks. That's absolutely amazing. Um, and what I really like about Rick Rubin, the more I listen to him, his podcast is, is the way he communicates and the way he asks questions. Like he is, um, he pays very, very close attention he doesn't have the the tendency to he's not a joking kind of guy he doesn't riff he just like listens intently and mm. gets like really earnest with his questioning and stuff it's it's great <laughs> i absolutely love it and i love rick rubin every word that comes out of his mouth is like extremely thought provoking yeah. and just insightful i think there's a um yeah he's there's Insane. an episode of Dave where he has like writer's block and he goes to Rick Rubin, I think. Warren? <laughs> yeah. And he, yeah, he's he in that. him go in like a sensory deprivation tank. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it yeah. a really good episode. Rick though. Rubin knows. That's a great show. If you guys it's probably at Samana. Yeah. He would definitely be welcome at Samana. <laughs> he would be the yes. chief of Samana. So yeah, there, there also, there's a, uh, somebody, some, some beautiful human being, uh, put together like Rick Rubin's discography on Spotify, which is really fun to just hit shuffle through because it's like every genre you could ever imagine. It's so deep. He's made everything. Yeah. Like literally everything. I looked up his disc discography like super recently and it's like any song he made. <laughs> like every, everything. Any popular <laughs> song, every band, literally like, I'm not even kidding, everything. He made yeah. everything. It's like he did like the Minor Threat records and he did the Beyonce records and he did Michael Jackson stuff and he did the most underground stuff you'd never heard of. And, you know, he's yeah. he's he's the man. He gets all the, the props he gets. And what's been really fun to see him kind of like come more into the public spotlight is he is exactly who you think he is. Ah, it's so satisfying. I just pulled up that playlist. I don't know if it's truly complete, but it says it's 97 hours long. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. seems about right. Actually, it probably is. That seem, doesn't seem It seems short. Right. Yeah, because that would only be that like seems 97 low. records, right? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, already at the top, though, like Run DMCL, Cool J, yeah. License to Ill. Yeah. It's one of the top albums. Yeah, License to Ill, early Beastie Boys days. That could have been fun in New York. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Cool. Um, the book recommendation I have, I've been in the Old West, as I've been talking about for weeks, um, just stuck there. But there's a great book called The Last Indian War, uh, The Nez Perce Story by Elliot West. 
and it's um, the uh, the audiobook is is fantastic. I think it's it's about thirty hours long, um, but has a lot of information that I really never heard before. The the Nez Perce were so tucked away up there in Idaho that like they they were kind of the last for everything. It was like the the railroad was last to get there. The telegram was last to get there. Um, the the Indian Wars were last to get there, you know. So it's it's really cool seeing the the 19th century America unfold from from their their eyes. Um, and Elliot does a great job with the footnotes of really finding um, different angles to stuff. For example, we all know the the terrible like massacre of the buffaloes. That happened near extinction, but the way he painted the picture is that, you know, they had these um, these Remington rifles and they could shoot really accurately at 600 yards. So they're just like, you know, they're just shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting. And then at some point they wouldn't even get the skins and they're just killing all these buffaloes. Um, and the way that they would they would cool the rifles with with um, uh, water and then they'd have to oil the rifles after they were in water so they wouldn't corrode with oil. And so as a result, they would they were using whale blubber um, to, to like lubricate the guns. So not only were they like killing all of these buffaloes, but then they are killing all these whales and almost created an extinction event of these whales to lubricate the guns that were killing the buffaloes. Oh, geez. God. So, you know, kind of sad in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that period of America just to me is like so – captivating in so many different ways. And this guy brings some really cool nuance and footnotes to, to these stories. And it's not all sad, you know, the, the Nez Perch were wonderful people and uh, survived to this day and are very strong. So there's, there's uh, some silver linings in there, but a great book, you know, especially if you're, if you, if you're into the old West stuff, like I am, I, I was, I was excited to see it. Nice. Um, <laughs> let's go to highlights for this week and, and then close it out. We've got four minutes. Actually, Tom, how are we doing on time? Because I, I, I'm immediately conscious now that like we can't go over a lot of times. Just 50 minutes. So, okay. Probably okay. like five more minutes we got until we're getting close to the red zone. Look at us reining it in. We can, we can do it five. My highlight was uh, the Nurture Holiday Market. It was very beautiful with all kinds of artisanal crafts. I was this close to making a wreath, but then I was like, ah, I'm not making a wreath. But you can if you want to. Go down there to Nurture. Shout out to them. Olivia, what was your highlights from last week? My highlight from this last week is one that I've done a lot of times. Uh, you guys know I love the Mayan. That's my favorite landmark theater. I went there this week. Love that. And... Um, really just enjoy their retro replay capsules. So like there's a Yorgos Lanthimos film that's about to come out called Poor Things with Emma Stone. You guys probably seen it around. And uh, a lot of times when there's mm -hmm. a film that's about to come out that they get excited about, they'll put together a capsule to kind of like prepare for that. So they, what they did is this month, they've done three of four Yorgos Lanthimos films. There's one more that's playing tomorrow night. I think it's the favorite. And then now you can go see uh, poor things and have kind of like built up this schema for his work before you do that. So just really enjoy the work that they do to teach people about film and keep a cool space. That's cool. Do you go, do you see I, movies by yourself? I do. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. It's nice. I bring people sometimes and I, I try to refrain from being like, 
you're special. Like I would usually do this by myself, but you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be annoying with that popcorn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? I love oh, the movie, the, the favorite. The favorite. I love oh, yeah, that it's movie. a good one. I haven't seen I, uh, The Lobster is one of the other ones. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I tr I started trying to watch that with my dad and it got awkward real fast. We turned that off. Yeah. We were like, mm, maybe learn about it's that a, weird, a different It's time. a weird one. <laughs> it's a weird one for sure. Yeah. Weird. What about y'all? Um, I can go. Get it, yeah. or go ahead. Uh, my highlight from this last weekend was uh, we hosted a holiday dinner at the house with some friends and I, I didn't learn my lesson from last year. Uh, too many people, too much food, not enough counter space. Um, but it's still a good time, still had a lot of fun. And uh, it, was, it was nice to get together and uh, and be festive. And uh, yeah, Christmas is in, what is it now? Two weeks, <laughs> two a little weeks, over two weeks. Yeah. So. It's coming in, coming in, coming in hot. So get getting in the spirit, the season. Oh yeah, it's kind of nice, nice though, actually. When you don't, when you run out of food, I like that feeling at a party. It's like it's gone. No, so, he said too much food. Oh, too much, too food. much. Oh, I thought yeah. you said not enough. Not enough counter oh, okay. space. Too much food. <laughs> yeah, it is chaos. Yes. But yeah, it wouldn't be holiday party without chaos. So it's almost way more. Uh, you know, rare to actually run out of food. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess is an issue that <laughs> we should be happy to have. But um, I had also a, a holiday event. We did a little SantaCon. Uh, it was like a hybrid bar crawl slash like apartment crawl between like the group's apartments. And then we went over to uh, a bar one of our friends had like a midday dj set on saturday which was like a santa con dj set at happy camper up in the highlands and then we uh went back to like another house party and then to another bar and then to another house party so it's like a whole day of uh just santa conning around and having fun so that was good do you dress up or what yeah i was dressed up as santa okay good Everyone was dressed Them's the rules. Santa. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. I didn't like <laughs> not dress up. Yeah, of course. It was good. So that was my highlight. That, that would be super lame if you, someone went to a Santa Claus and just wore like super. <laughs> you got to at least try. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Not even a, not even a Christmas hat. Yeah. And, uh, no, that was fun. And I was dressed up. So Warren. Nice. Well, it's so festive. I love it. And again, only more festive over the coming weeks. Is that a threat? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Nice. Well, uh, appreciate you guys listening. Happy holidays, everybody. I hope you're enjoying your time. And you're getting your Santa cons in. We really appreciate you listening. You can check us out at kitcaster.com forward slash Denver. Um, subscribe on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Big shout out to our sponsor, Samana Float Center. Perfect time of the year to get a float in. So get a float in while you got a little time off, ladies and gentlemen. Happy holidays. Bye, everybody. All right. See you.